Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and great to have you with us today. It's a day in which the left-wing corporate masters have ordered up a celebration of President Biden's earth-shattering achievements. Whether on cable news, CNN, or MSNBC, the broadcast networks got to love those Disney and Comcast products, that is, ABC News and NBC, and of course, the New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, and the left's NPR and PBS, and the list goes on. Suddenly, today, the impaired and enfeebled President Joe Biden has a new narrative. He is a legislative genius, a man for all seasons. And maybe, the left says, not so fast. Maybe we should keep the old guy around because he and Senator Schumer brilliantly came up with another way to spend almost a trillion dollars just before the midterm elections on a travesty of legislation entitled the Reduce Inflation Act, over $700 billion worth. The bill is, of course, poorly named, unless the Marxist Dems meant to try to fool us, which they certainly did, because they are the masters of duplicity and deceit because it's not going to reduce spending, and believe me, it will raise spending, and that spending will only drive inflation higher. A more appropriate title might have been the Raise Inflation Act, but let's be real, the Marxist Dems aren't about truth or justice and certainly not the American way. They mean to spend a lot of money and destroy as much of America as they can. And this little beauty is in the act the hiring of 87,000 IRS agents. Now, that's just a super idea, isn't it? Doubling the size of the IRS. And there will be no holding back the further politicization of the IRS. This new law effectively gives Biden a personal army of IRS agents to go after conservatives, small business, and certainly Republicans with powerful intimidation and the ability to crush in a cancel culture nation all they consider adversaries. But the Washington Free Beacon points out the new IRS will soon be bigger than the Pentagon, the State Department, the FBI, and the Border Patrol all combined. But don't worry, the Marxist Dems would never politicize the IRS or the State Department or the Pentagon. Oh yes, that's right. They're full-on lefties and big-time woke bureaucracies already, serving the Marxist Dems at every turn. And the FBI no longer pretends it is fully a leftist-occupied agency wired into the deep state and the Marxist Dems they serve. So on further reflection, the Marxist left and woke federal government will only get bigger, much bigger, and more oppressive, and the good guys lose again. But we do occasionally win, and we've got to get better at it and quickly. Our guest today is a born winner and first-class fighter for the American way. Our guest is attorney and congresswoman Claudia Tenney of New York. 
She sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, House Small Business Committee, and she's founder and co-chair of the Election Integrity Caucus. And my friends, she is a great American. Great to have you with us, Congresswoman, as always. And start, if you will, please, by highlighting your role in putting in jail the suspect who tried to kill Congressman Lee Zeldin, who's running for governor of New York. The suspect, just so everyone knows, was arrested, but then was freed, incredibly, within hours. Now, you didn't like that much, and you made it clear to the U.S. Justice Department that you wanted the man who tried to kill Zeldin behind bars. Tell us more about it. Yeah, I was surprised that, first of all, we have this horrible uh, criminal justice reform, so-called reforms in New York, which have uh, created this cashless bail system. It's prioritized criminals over victims, and, and nobody gets in trouble. Everyone's on the street committing petty crimes, being released, uh, on, on and just committing more and more crimes, and then pushing the envelope farther. And some of these crimes are getting very serious. And if you looked at the list, there are really serious crimes out there. And when I saw this incident happen with Lee Zeldin, I was actually in, a, in the next morning, early the next morning, I was scheduled to start the day with him for a trip across my district. And I was like, how is this guy back on the street? And I thought, I know there's a, there's a statute for members of Congress because I had numerous death threats in my first term. I've had not as much in my second term. But I know there was a statute protecting us, very similar to the one that they, uh, to protect, you know, justices and other uh, elected officials and other people who are serving in government. And of course, we had to push Nancy Pelosi to, to take the extra step to protect our Supreme Court justices, uh, which she slow walked uh, at, while they were at risk uh, awaiting the uh, Dobbs decision. So, uh, but anyway, I just said, you know, I know there's a federal statute, so I just did a quick search. I'm a lawyer, not that it's uh, that hard to do, but... And I said, wait, there is, here's the section, 18 U.S.C. Section 351. There's a, you know, there's a requirement to pursue this, particularly when you have a sitting U.S. congressman. Not only is Lee Zeldin our candidate for governor, he's sitting in Congress at a public event with a guy who got on stage who had a deadly weapon, who tried to cut him, uh, you know, went right for his neck. Luckily, Lee was able to uh, subdue him, as was our great uh lieutenant governor candidate, who's a former New York City cop, Allison Esposito, who went right into this. And I mean, she was pounding the guy and kept him down and they got Lee away from him. And then they just let him go. He's home having dinner. And I couldn't believe this. So yeah, I just went, I happened to be on Fox that night and uh, Fox Business and just said, where are you? Why aren't you, why aren't you prosecuting this guy? Where's the U.S. attorney? Where's Merrick Garland? Where's the, the local FBI offices that we spend millions and millions of dollars for in upstate New York? Why aren't they out there? And uh, what do you know? The next morning, they, were, they, uh, they went in and they uh, charged the guy. He's in front of a federal magistrate. Now he's behind bars and he's not a risk to anyone. So uh, really just insane that we even have to do this. Uh, I don't even know if I'm the first, but I just, I, it just was, I had spent the day with Lee and thought, oh my God, you know, everyone, we were concerned everywhere we went that there, this could happen. Yeah, and and happened without a Democratic-run state. Uh, it really is the Empire State, and it's a, an empire of Marxist Dems who run the state now. Uh, whether it and you said it perfectly, they have prioritized the, the 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 perpetrators over victims. Uh, it is outrageous. Justice is not the uh, is not their aim. Uh, their aim is to give everyone who uh, attacks a Republican, it seems, a free pass, and every Republican 
who so much as uh, sneezes in the direction of a, a lefty uh, could be facing assault charges for crying out loud. We're Let not me tell you something. Had this been a Democrat candidate, they would have been behind bars. They would This guy, this perpetrator, he would have been charged, and the media would never have shut up about some right-winger out there attacking some innocent Democrat. And that's the two-tiered justice system we have. That's how really just despicable Merrick Garland is. Thank goodness he is not a Supreme Court justice who would have served yeah. for a life term. This is really what we're facing. And also, by the way, the really important point in this, two things. Number one, what about all the rest of the New Yorkers that are my neighbors, everyone around me who don't have the protections of a federal statute, who are, are being besieged by crime, petty crime to more serious crime, to shootings, to violent crime, and nothing the police can do about it. And secondly, that night, while Lee was in the, in the uh, police station on this issue, just to, they had to go in, uh, there were two police officers shot and one was killed. And this, you know, as if nothing happens. I mean, these people, this is dangerous. Our police need to be supported. You know, they're, they're obsessed with this defund the police movement because it sounded good coming from people like AOC and other Marxist types who don't think we should have any kind of uh, rule of law. And, you know, when you have a self-governing constitutional republic as we have, the rule of law is essential. It's, it's important that we are able to be safe in a free society and able to speak uh, and exercise all of our rights in the Bill of Rights. So, I mean, this is the kind of, they don't even understand that. They think that everything is about government. They don't understand, you know, which I find interesting. And I love when I go to like high schools, they don't understand that New York State and the original colonies existed before the federal government. We had to go through a lot of deliberation and a lot of time before we decided we wanted a federal government. And the reason we created the federal government was for national security and defense. That was it. And meanwhile, we have a president who has decided unilaterally that we will not enforce the laws. We will not secure the border. We will permit illegal immigrants, terrorists, and whomever to cross that border with impunity with Mexico. Uh, and and there just isn't a reaction from the Republican Party. There just isn't a reaction. Uh, the American people are furious. Uh, and, and this president has paid a, an enormous price in the polls. Uh, but let's see what he does in November, because he is definitely on the ballot now in a midterm election. Yeah, look, at there is a reaction from the Republican Party. And I just want to give you a little insight, because I served in the state assembly where, where it was 108 Democrats to 42 Republicans. So I could see this coming. There was nothing we could do other than to go to the courts. And unfortunately, you know, with the way that the New York State Assembly was run, it was an authoritarian dictatorship. And a lot of those people left the state assembly uh, in other, other parts of the country as well, went to Congress. And now we have Nancy Pelosi, who's in power. And she doesn't just run the House of Representatives. She abuses power every single day. So we have to go to the courts. We can't even get bills on the floor. So yeah, we're screaming, we're talking about bills, we're introducing bills, we can't get a vote on them. We're trying to go on media. Uh, most of the media is covering January 6th all day. They're not covering the real things that are affecting Americans every day. And, and yet we have to go to courts and we have to sue in order to get any kind of relief, and especially on the border. Think about all these New Yorkers, police in upstate New York. We've had our own government travel agency uh, that's been taking these illegal immigrants and bringing them to our communities where we're paying for them. Our New York state tax dollars are paying for them because in New York, unlike a lot of states, the local government still pays 25% of that Medicaid share. And these people are getting benefits that are 
federal programs pass through the states and down to the local governments. We're paying for this. And so while we have inflation and we have high gas prices, all these things at record levels, we're paying for illegal immigrants. We're paying, you know, for the fact that we have energy illiteracy. We have, uh, you know, we have some of the best uh, opportunities to explore natural gas. The Marcellus and Utica Shale are right in my district. And the Democrats have shut it down. And there is a bill that just passed the state assembly that as of uh, 2024, just a year and less than a year and a half away, if you try to build a structure, a house, a commercial property that attaches, it will be prohibited to attach to a fossil fuel source. Kathy Hochul hasn't signed it into law yet, but if this becomes law, what are we gonna do with the vast numbers of New Yorkers in upstate who rely on propane, natural gas, uh, fuel heating oil, we're coming up on winter. I mean, this is gonna be a complete disaster for the state, not to mention our economic uh, vitality or the ability of us to prosper, uh, the struggle that our farmers are, are, are seeing, our small business owners that drive our economy. I mean, these people have absolutely, I, I, start, I, I know how you feel, Lou. I feel like, are they doing this on purpose? I mean, no one yep. could be this stupid to do this and, and exactly. be this cruel, this cruel to uh, New Yorkers who, you know, have have put their livelihoods behind their businesses and are now forced to, you know, either close or leave the state. These Democrats and I, you know, I I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I have a number of people I've talked with over the course of the past uh, several weeks. They're, they want to be they want to be positive. They want to be optimistic uh, and, and appropriately so. But I, I'm not that guy. We are in one hell of a mess in this country. We've got an idiot running the country. We've got an idiot in place to step in uh, if he should falter. We are watching an administration that doesn't have the collective IQ that you would assemble for a, a kindergarten. Uh, it is ridiculous. And the, and the national left-wing media pretends that these, this is a serious government with serious people doing serious things in the interest of the nation. The hell they are. They're trying to destroy this country. And I and I, I watch Kevin McCarthy, and he's walking around like he thinks it's 1980 uh, and th that we don't have these people in office. Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy sit on their hands and are mum and simply say, you know, we'll see what happens instead of trying to make things happen and save this country. They should be telling the Democratic leadership, we're not going to tolerate this. We're going to, I mean, we should enjoin this president from being even even near the White House, let alone running the free world. Well, we've introduced, I have right from the start, I've introduced articles of impeachment and they have to deal with number one, the debacle in Afghanistan to me is uh, the mother of a Marine. My son is a uh, Marine officer. He's now, in, he's actually in a, in a drilling as a reservist now. He just went and uh, went to the reserve unit. Uh, right. But, you know, what happened in Afghanistan and the way they're handling foreign policy, I'm a member of the foreign policy or the foreign, foreign affairs committee as well, is absolutely just, it's derelict in duty what happened. It never should have happened that way. And then on the border, uh, which is a, a glaring violation of everything that our federal government is supposed to do, especially the executive branch. Now, I know Kevin McCarthy has worked hard on a lot of these issues. I think we could be more aggressive. Uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, I, I guess he's in, uh, you know, he's a lame duck now. I don't think he's going to run again. But we really need to, I mean, this is about fighting every single day. And I worry, just like you do, that Republicans need to not be afraid to really just fight every day. I put out policy positions. I put out 
uh, I explain every vote in the House that I take in detail because there's traps all the time set by Nancy Pelosi and people worried, you know, skittish Republicans. And, oh, I don't want to vote and have them say that I, I voted against baby formula when the real bill was about giving raises to the FDA and expanding our already over bloated uh, federal bureaucracy. And so that's why I go in detail because I want to be a clearinghouse as a former newspaper owner and publisher and also as a lawyer. I want people to say not go to you know, the, the uh, you know, congress.gov and try to figure out who voted and what the bill was about. And you can't read the title of a bill to find out what it's about. That's why I go into the nitty gritty. I tell you why I vote yes or no. I tell you what the, the trap is, what they're trying to do to us, because if we're going to be self-governing, and this is the real question, Lou, because I love Lincoln. I'm a studier of Lincoln. I got my son kind of inspired me to do that. He's a real historian. He was a Naval Academy graduate, loves history. I read a lot about Lincoln, and one of the things that Lincoln always said, and I think you've hit the nail on the head where we are in this country, we, I don't think we've been here since maybe the Civil War. Can we save this republic? Can we be self-governing? Do we have a population that has the courage to be self-governing, or are we going to let this authoritarian government run by these Democrats destroy our country and take over because now is the time we have to govern ourselves and if we don't we're going to be just like every subject in the soviet union uh, that that, uh, that existed in the past and everyone now who suffers under communist chinese oppression and that's where we're headed right now we are just uh, I, I really worry about it and i think lincoln's words are, are relevant today can we save this republic and can we be self-governing and i think that's the question of our time i agree I agree. And do we have people mature enough uh, and patriotic enough to stand up for this country and uh, our, our ideals, our, our laws uh, and purpose as a nation and, and actually say out loud what everyone knows, that the president of the United States is a, an impaired, imbecilic uh, I, He's always been a career politician. He's a hack. never made good decisions. He's always had a gilded path because he's a Democrat running in very, you know, very Democratic Delaware. Then he got chosen by Obama. He got to hide behind Obama and say a bunch of stupid things. And everyone, the Democrats and the, the Democrat controlled media has always, uh, oh, just regular Joe. Meanwhile, what's regular Joe been doing? He's been enriching himself and his family using his son, who has got obviously huge drug problems, to enrich himself. And he's the big guy. They're making money. They're doing everything that everyone hates about what they hear about politicians, people that go to Washington and use their positions to make money uh, and, and to use the largesse of the, the so-called swamp to enrich themselves. I mean, I look at how do these people make money? Look at, I've made less money, I, and not to mention the inflation. Uh, you know, the little bit that I've been able to save from our business uh, is, you know, it just, I, I, every day I look at my 401k and we're back down to the 201k. And, you know, I have to save privately. I don't have a big government pension or any of those things uh, to, to, but I'm, I'm driven by my passion for this country and the excitement and the patriotism. And I'm inspired by a lot of actually new immigrants who have come from Venezuela, from Cuba, 
uh, from China, even from other areas of the, of the world who say, oh, my God, don't go down that road. You people are so lucky you don't realize it. Yet you see these entitled kids in, in schools and and they don't realize how good they have it and how important it is for us to save and protect this country. It just I feel I feel like a senior citizen saying that I sound like my parents, but I feel like it's worse even than when I when they were, young, you know, when they were younger and oh, uh, when I was a young kid. So uh, there is there is no comparison uh, between uh, I'll speak for myself. There is no comparison for when I was an 18 year old uh, and where I am today uh, is something somewhat older than 18 years old. It is a, it's a, the issues are different. The values are different. We have a society at war with itself and no one should, no one should try to sugarcoat it. No one should try to avoid it, uh, obfuscate it. We have people in this country who want to destroy the American way of life. You and I, our families, uh, working men and women in this country and their families, uh, patriots all, we are the enemies of our federal government. It's that simple. When we talk about the deep state, when we talk about the permanent bureaucracy and the Marxist Dems who run this presidency and this administration, they mean to destroy everything that we hold dear uh, and understand to be the foundation of everything that has been able to, you know, that, that we've been able to build over the course uh, of this last 250 years. It's that straightforward, I believe. Don't you? Oh, yeah. I actually was, uh, I don't want to say who I was with, and, uh, but recently I was at a meeting with some, uh, some bureaucrats from the uh, federal side, the new administration, who uh, were describing, oh, well, we've got, we're trying to recover from the last four years and, and reinstate, you know, we've, we've underfunded our, our uh, federal uh, agencies and we've tried to, we're on, we can't get people to get staff because of this America first, which is really America alone policy, this person kept saying. And I thought, boy, do they really misunderstand America first? And I don't, and to say that, you know, the principles that, and the patriotism and the, uh, what what President Trump brought to this country, uh, being America first, is not about America alone. It's about working with our allies. It's about making sure that we're strong and we're leading the charge. And they're coming along with us for celebrating freedoms, for having democratic principles, for understanding that we are up against this communist threat, which looks different. It's dressed differently now. It's not that obvious from when it was. We could vilify the Soviet Union. But think about it. What are we doing now to counter counter uh, China? We're all in bed with China. We're doing our businesses are doing business there. They're they're, uh, they're we're very involved without really realizing it. So when we face the Soviet Union, you know, Ronald Reagan very, uh, very carefully, you know, they were the enemy. And by the way, even after World War Two, we created, uh, you know, the Department of Defense and we created the CIA and these agencies to make sure that we were countering our enemies. We're not doing that now. We're like working with these our enemies and allowing them into our institutions to steal our intellectual property from our businesses, whether it's through the colleges and these Confucius Institutes. We're allowing Communist Party China to buy up property across this country to, to invade our country. And we're not really doing much about it because, uh, you know, well, well, that's money that somebody's making. You know, and that's where what I thought was so important about President, he was the President Trump, he was the first president to really identify that threat. And, and I think it's somewhat analogous to what uh, President Reagan did 
to, to counter with the Soviet Union, only this problem is even worse. It's even more complicated. They have tremendous economic strength. Their, their tentacles are everywhere all over the world. Uh, and they, you know, they're moving into Africa, to Europe, and to places that we've ignored. So I don't think President Trump at all, his America first policy was America alone. It was America leading and America leading the world because we are the reliable country and always have been to lead and not to do the things that the Democrats have accused us of doing, you know, uh, you know, uh, nation building and all those things. And I think Trump really brought us away from some of the, even some Republicans who kind of engaged down that road before. One of the things that occurred when he started talking about America first, when President Trump, uh, he was mocked initially by the Washington Post and the New York Times and the left-wing outlets. They wanted to make a, uh, an analog back to the uh, isolationists of the 1930s, uh, which is specious nonsense and more lies from the left. America first is as straightforward as it gets, and it is an organizing principle as well as a call to action. It means America first in every policy and every decision by the executive, by those who serve in our Congress and our Senate to put America first. And my question to the left throughout the Trump uh, presidency was if it's not America first, who would you like to put first? Well, it was the it was the apology tour, the apology for who we are and what we stand for, and that's what was so inspiring about you know President Trump. Whether people like him or not, I know a lot of people didn't personally like maybe some of his attributes, but they loved what he stood for, and they loved his strength and his courage, and and we just need to build on on those ideas. But look at Tr President Trump was not an isolationist. I I, I really find it very uh, disturbing when I hear uh, people who claim to be Republicans or on the right who uh, immediately say we have to be isolationists. It's like Pat Buchanan. I would say President Trump has been described as, as obviously America first, very much peace through strength like Reagan, but a bit Jacksonian, you know, not getting into uh, to unnecessary disputes and, and international wars, but he acts decisively. Dropped the mother of all bombs in, you know, in, uh, in Afghanistan against Syria and Assad, uh, took out al-Baghdadi, uh, took out uh, uh, Soleimani, held the Iranians accountable, held the Chinese accountable, understood that we had this terrible Iranian deal. So he was engaged definitely in the world and, and empowering countries around the world. I remember his his uh, wonderful relationship with Abe Shinzo, you know, uh, Shinzo Abe. I mean, that was amazing in Japan. Sadly, he was assassinated. Uh, you know, another tragedy in, in, our, in our world uh, now. And uh, just his relationships. I mean, when he went to Poland, uh, they had this massive crowd because the Polish people recognized someone who was strong and cared about freedom and was going to actually be a true ally to the Polish people who were rebuilding their economy and finally seeing some prosperity after all their years of occupation and struggles uh, during the European wars. And, and the Poles, uh, along with, I would say, the UK, uh, principally those two countries are the most aligned with the United States in terms of values. Uh, and the future they seek. Uh, I have great respect for the Polish people, uh, for the UK. They've gone through some difficult times and have lost their way throughout the last uh, 30 years uh, after Margaret Thatcher. But uh, I have to say, Europe right now is filled with the same feeble-minded you know, charlatans uh, that we see in the Democratic Party here.
Yeah, it's very similar. You're right about that. I, I did a, a a meeting. It was an exchange. Unfortunately, it was on Zoom earlier this year with the uh, members of the German Bundestag, which is their parliament. And it, oh, was, it was a bipartisan. Uh, it was also a, uh, you know, uh, some member. It was members of Congress from both parties. And I found that they were obsessed with climate change. This is before the invasion of Ukraine, by the way. They're obsessed with climate change and, and 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 eliminating any kind of fossil fuels and any kind of reasonable, uh, you know, prediction of where we need to be and how we need to plan for uh, where we're going to be in terms of energy, and the failure to understand that energy is the key to prosperity. And you know, they were all in on shutting down uh, all of their own natural gas and their own capacities and relying on Russia and relying on other countries. And yet, what do you know? It was, it was weeks later that they were invaded by uh, Putin and, uh, you know, the Putin invaded Ukrainians and put us in this horrible situation we're in where we're seeing the, you know, the, the problems with uh, providing food to the world and the problems with the natural gas issue. But let me tell you something, Putin's making a ton of money now because of the Chinese uh, and others. So, uh, you know, right now we, we, uh, we have just this, this feckless administration has done nothing but project weakness and empower people like Putin and Xi Jinping. Exactly. And what could this administration really project other than weakness? They're weak minded. They have weak spirits. My God, isn't it time for Europe to send its soldiers to the eastern flank if they want to protect against Russia and the, the evil of Vladimir Putin? Isn't it up to them to pay their way and to pay for their own defense? What kind of mindless idiot? doesn't read enough history to understand what we have become. And we have leaders who are squandering uh, not only our treasure, but our legacy as a nation of, uh, of exceptionalists uh, who prize exceptional conduct and achievement. And, and these fools, imagine a 50-year-long 50, 50 politician impaired intellectually, cognitively, leading the country and the free world to hell, because that's exactly what's going to happen if he continues to make decisions in foreign policy. He is provoking Vladimir Putin. He is right now staring into the teeth of the, China, the communist Chinese of China. It is the CCP and, and, and Xi Jinping are now aligned with Russia. It is not merely a strategic partnership. It is a military alliance, and it creates great complications for the United States and the threat it poses to us and our security. And we don't have a single, as far as I know, a single uh, element of the military now working to make certain that we can contend and win with two fronts one with the Chinese and the other with the Russians, because that is what we we face precisely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, these people are paralyzed by climate change and paralyzed by this, you know, this fake threat of some kind of white supremacy that there these social issues, these cultural issues, which, uh, you know, that Putin and Xi Jinping have to be laughing at us. And, and we have this feckless leadership. But like, think about it. Who's really running the show? You know, it's not Joe Biden. There is a shadow government behind him of, of probably these young people who have gone to these Ivy League schools and they've 
they believe in climate change and you know not in, in, at least climate change to the point of where this is the existential threat we can't have a a smart all of the above policy on energy which is going to produce prosperity we have elitism you know pushing their beliefs uh, without science on poorer countries and putting that making them even more impoverished and dependent and pushing them into the hands of China and Russia. So yeah, who's it? Who is it? Do you really think that Joe Biden is making these decisions? I don't. I do believe that uh, Barack Obama has a great influence over this administration, to say the very least. Uh, I believe that the many of the signatories on the 51 suspects as I call them, they're the 51 former intelligence officials who lied to the American people in, in the days leading up to uh, the election of 2020 that gave Joe Biden a shield against the charges of family corruption, his own corruption, and that of his son, Hunter. Uh, they knew what it was. They knew that this was a four-year effort by the Democrats, by Hillary Clinton and her campaign in 2016 to smear President Trump. And they came back and lied so that they could support and put in office Joe Biden. They changed history. And they did so illegally, immorally, uh, and to uh, the everlasting uh, dismay of Americans who are contending with the consequences of the policy decisions this president has made in a year and a half. It's almost, I, I don't know about you, uh, Congressman, I don't know about you, but I can't believe how much damage, how much devastation he has caused in only 18 months in office. Look, I thought he was going to destroy the country in uh, four years. I think he's, he was pretty much well on his way to destruction within the first year. And I want to tell you something about those uh, former intelligence officers. I called for immediately when when that uh, the, the debacle of the Hunter Biden laptop was revealed and their attempts to call it Russian disinformation, I called for them to all lose their security clearance or any kind of benefit they're receiving in terms of uh, their access to this type of uh, this type of information. They should all be shut down, and that should have happened long ago, and I'm sure they're all enjoying their top-secret security clearance even today. Oh, absolutely. Or they're CNN commentators. <laughs> or NBC commentators. Or, or MSNBC, yeah. Uh, it, it's – who ever heard of uh, talking with uh, a – a, a terrific lawyer the other day. He said, whoever heard of a CIA director suddenly being put on television with a regular appearance to assess uh, what is happening in the world, that there are contractual uh, impediments for that. Uh, there, in other words, it's banned. It shouldn't even be happening. It's against. It, the it law should now. be considered an unethical. It should be unethical when you take an oath of office to hold confidences, much like the Secret Service and other groups. How can you go out? You know that that kind of uh, confidence is being revealed, and yet that information isn't available for us to see if classified and other top secret clearances and rules and, and information is being violated. How do we prove that? Because we have a deep state. We have. We have this, uh, you know, corrupt CIA, or corrupt CIA, corrupt FBI, uh, corrupt Department of Justice under Merrick Garland. That's no one's going to call these people out. I, I cannot believe John Brennan is going to be, uh, you know, uh, we have to rely on our honor that he's not violating some oath that he has by being publicly being on these uh, these shows. Why is it that Congress has never gone after these people uh, as the oversight would? As the oversight uh, committees in, uh, in Congress and the Senate 
Why have they not gone after these people who are violating their obligations under the contracts for our secret agencies like the CIA, the NSA? Why, think, why well, we, we can think about it. So we're in the minority. We cannot do anything other than get five minutes and then you have oh, no. time back to our other men. We can bring these. We can write letters. No, no, I was I wasn't can, speaking of, of yeah. the uh, of the minority. I'm talking right. about why is it not in the interest of any American, irrespective of party, to stop this and to be certain mm -hmm. it never happens again? It's their team. Uh, this this is all about them. This is they control the government. These this is like communist uh, a communist regime. It's about them. They're protecting themselves. Uh, they they spend billions and billions of dollars to uh, pad themselves with the, uh, the and protect themselves with this executive state that uh, provides all kinds of wonderful benefits and security and protection to them. And that's what's happening. I mean, that's what that's why, you know, the thing with Trump that I think is so important that uh, they had to get rid of him. These all these characters had to get rid of him because he got so close to the core of what's really going on in our government that they had to get rid of him. And I think, I, I mean, that's my belief. And they, and that's why you see this reaction. You see this ridiculous J6 committee. Every time they, they think that uh, Trump might be making an announcement, they're gonna roll out another committee and roll out some more tape. You know, that Liz Cheney, you know, the arbiter of uh, our constitutional principles, uh, you know, she's ridiculous, uh, is just, I mean, I, I, she's in late stage Trump derangement syndrome, you know, which I call self-destruction. Uh, it's unfortunate, you know, she's uh, she's just not going to to waver on her obsession with undermining our constitutional principles by putting on a show trial. What could be more uh, communist and authoritarian and Soviet style than putting on a show trial where you're selecting what gets to be heard, where you're deter you have a predetermined outcome and you have, uh, you know, you have uh, witnesses that are on there that are that are coached into what they're going to say. And you also don't allow any uh, cross-examination. You don't allow any of the standard uh, tools of, of uh, evidence to apply. Now they claim, oh, we don't have to do that. It's, it's, a, it's not a court trial, but it's the court of public opinion. You've got, you're using our resources. You're using the taxpayer resources to present something. You know, we wanna see, we in this country wanna see fairness. We can sense when it's not fair. And I think that's why so many people don't care about this. I talk to yeah. people, even some Democrats uh, that are reasonable and some in, a lot of independents, most Republicans see this and say, wow, this isn't right. You know, why are we doing this? I, I wanna kind of see the other side. I actually wanna know what happened on January 6th. Why, why didn't uh, more, why did President Trump call for more uh, uh, National Guard to come and protect us? And why weren't they there? I mean, there's a lot of questions that aren't being answered by this committee because they have a predetermined outcome. They're trying to create a scenario where they can find President Trump criminally liable for something, anything, to prevent him from being able to run for office again. And what a mission that is. That completely undermines everything that our Bill of Rights stands for. Yeah, it, it, it's, and it's, <laughs> And the national corporatist media, uh, I'm I'm telling you, corporate America, in my opinion, uh, a special place in hell is being reserved for every one of those <laughs> woke uh, CEOs uh, who have permitted uh, what is taking place, who are part of the Wall Street cabal that is shipping uh, American uh, uh, investor capital to the CCP right now to China trying to support a failing uh, failing housing industry, construction industry, and the developing development industry uh, in China. Uh, they are in diff 
Difficult is uh, probably too light a word. They are on the verge of crisis uh, and possible, in my opinion, a possible meltdown. Look, I am. I'm, I'm a. I love uh, to the opportunity to have free markets, and but these are profiteers. These markets aren't fair. China manipulates its currency. They steal our intellectual property. They have a mission, and their mission is to be the world power, to dominate us economically, militarily, which they're doing. They're su they're successfully moving in that direction, and uh, we're naive about it because we have people in Wall Street and, and other areas that are just saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm making a ton of money." Who cares yes. if they come in and buy up all, all kinds of property around the United States? And, and we need to pay attention. It's not just, you know, the Council on Foreign Investment and all these other groups who really need to see how insidious their uh, intervention is in all kinds of businesses and land and deals, and not just in the United States, but surrounding us in South America, Central America, uh, Africa, Europe. They're, they're moving into even the Balkan region, you know, after the war in Yugoslavia. I used to live in Yugoslavia. I worked for the Yugoslav consulate during the Olympics in 1984. And I know that what's happened to those countries, they're very desperate, uh, they need help, they're economically weak. Uh, the European Union is difficult and clumsy to deal with, especially you know, here. The, the reason we had Brexit was because uh, you know we, the, the British uh, people saw that they were losing their identity. They were losing their ability to control their own country. You know, simple. I was talking to uh, a member of parliament on a recent uh, trip over there, and he was saying, this is why we have Brexit is because, say, I wanted to enact a law in my own district uh, in, in parliament, you know, as a member of parliament, I'd have to wait for the EU to weigh in. It could take years. It could take, you know, maybe several months just to get a resolution on something that was a local issue. And this is actually the, def this is why I worry so much about where we're going with this country. And that's why I, you know, we have Brexit and there's, they're fighting it. And certainly, uh, you know, the status quo doesn't want Brexit, but the people have shown they do. They voted for it and they want it. They want to make it work. And, and I believe they will. Uh, despite uh, the the long odds, uh, 15 key U.S. states in which Chinese citizens are buying $6 billion of property after being banned by other nations for doing exactly the same thing and driving prices higher for property. Governor DeSantis has acted. Uh, we are seeing some reaction. Uh, why are we tolerating this, and why isn't this a bigger uh front of mind issue in this country. Yeah, the great. Chinese, it's just insane what we are permitting in this country. No, it is. And I, I love uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. I served with him in my first term in the House, and he was tremendous. I loved working on him. Speaking of, uh, of uh, dealing with weak attorney general, attorneys general, and uh, at the time, you know, this was all this Russia collusion hoax was going on. And uh, Ron and a few of us uh, others uh, got together and, and it was uh, we spearheaded this article we sent to the attorney general it was actually then attorney general sessions saying that here are the facts. Uh, these are the laws, the federal statutes that we think have been broken. Please go prosecute these people. And it was James Comey, Lisa Strzok, uh, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, uh, the, uh, the entire Obama, uh, Loretta Lynch, the whole crew of them, Hillary Clinton. And, uh, and nothing happened. And uh, now I love that uh, you know, Governor DeSantis is so forthright. He's aggressive. And I put in a number of bills to, to counter China. 
And unfortunately, you know, I, I'm struggling to get these, uh, and some of them are bipartisan, but to get them to the floor for a vote and get them enacted is really a struggle. But I've had some good partners in the Senate are working with me, uh, Senator Hawley, Senator Rubio, uh, Senator Tom Cotner work with, uh, with me on a lot of these issues to, issues to counter China. They've been very strong on them. But we've got to get these uh, passed somehow. But, you know, we're not going to get it through uh, the shadow government down at the, uh, at the White House. I mean, this is the problem. It's why it's critically important the Republicans win. I, I frankly, I am very concerned about the state of uh, our electoral system. I, I fear that too many states are going to uh, have failed to reform their election systems uh, and that more, more cheating, uh, another rigged election in various states could turn what should be a wave election uh, into a surprise result. I pray not, but that I would like to close with getting your sense of how likely another rigged election like 2020 are we likely to have. Well, I've been fighting this after my ridiculous election where I had 100 days uh, in virtual court fighting to every for every vote and ended up winning by only 109 votes because of the irregularities in New York, the unconstitutional laws placed in, in based on uh, the so-called pandemic emergency and pandemic election by Governor Cuomo. And we were able to pull it out, but it took 100 days of counting and staring into the sleazy vote trafficking lawyer, Mark Elias, who represented uh, President Biden and he represents Democrats and he sues uh, counties and jurisdictions all over the country, almost in a frivolous, very much in a frivolous way. He's been uh, censored, he's had uh, ethics charges against him, but he's not looking for quality, he's looking for quantity. He's just suing, 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 and you know, you win 5%, you win, you know, that could decide an election. The entire election of 2020, our presidential election was decided by 42,000 votes and that's exactly. because Mark Zuckerberg gave over $400 million and primed the pump, used vote harvesting, which was legal in many areas, and went into Democrat core areas and got the vote out, uh, you know, didn't have any regard for the right to privately vote. That's a critical aspect of our voting. It's the reason we have fairly elaborate laws in place is because we need to protect our right to vote and our private right to vote. So what we've noted, we got, I fought in, uh, I put a bill in, it was called the N. Zuckerbucks Act. Uh, we put it in the federal government. It was to end this 501c3, you know, basically run around uh, the law. So they'd run these, Mark Zuckerberg put his money through and 92% of that money went to Democrat jurisdictions to prime the pump to get the Democrats uh, to the polls to make Joe Biden uh, the winner. And, you know, we came out with this, uh, this uh, end Zuckerberg's act and it was tremendous. Uh, Ron DeSantis, a governor of Florida, uh, not only did he pass a bill very similar, he also criminalized a uh, vote um, you know, illegal vote harvesting and, and uh, voter election fraud, which is great. And 21 other states have also done this. But my concern is this, Zuckerberg's not weighing in now, but guess who has weighed in? As you would say, uh, the incompetent in the White House, Joe Biden has done an executive order. It's his executive order number 14019. And what he's doing is similar to what Acorn did. Uh, remember Acorn in the uh, day oh, of yes. cheating. So what he's done is created this and empowered federal agencies like the Housing and Urban Development Agency, the Small Business Administration, and all agencies to become voter registration sites and vote pickup sites. So meaning we're going to go into these areas where you're going to find probably very high concentration of Democrats, 
And these bureaucrats are going to encourage and prime the pump again using our tax dollars coming from agencies, you know, and it could be billions of dollars. We don't, we, it's definitely going to be more than what Zuckerberg put in in the private way run through uh, the, the um, you know, the IRS uh, uh, rules. But this is going to be our money and this is how they're going to do it. They already know the red wave is coming to shore and they're going to make sure that they went on process because they don't win on policy. And they're going to use this uh, executive order to allow all of these areas to uh, these people to generate votes out of these uh, zones, particularly HUD is, is worrisome. But this is the problem. We have boards of elections. It's local. It's a local control issue. Uh, we have them because they're experts. We train them. We give them the resources to make sure one citizen, one vote, the vote is private, uh, and that we have uh, secure elections that people can rely on. When people don't feel confident about elections, they don't want to vote and they don't feel comfortable. And Stacey Abrams has been proven wrong. One of the most important aspects is they have a photo ID. 85% of people across all demographics now support voter ID. And miraculously now, suddenly, Stacey Abrams now supports voter ID. But that is one of the best ways that we can secure elections and make sure that it's one citizen, one vote. And I say citizen because in the, in the city of New York, they now allow people who are non-citizens to vote. We're suing them. We hope to win that. But this is what we're up against every single day. The fight never, never ends. And the Democrats never quit. And that's why the Republicans can't quit. So all I can say to everyone, be positive, be a warrior, get out there and be a patriot. Listen to Lou Dobbs. He's a he's a fighter. He is. Uh, you're just laying it bare. And I think people need to see this. We need to know that our self governance is at stake, and we've got to get in there and fight the fighter. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see that this disaster occur again. Terrific. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I thank you for putting it straightforwardly, uh, because the this audience, they're used to truth. They're not only strong enough for the truth. They demand the truth. And uh, Representative Tenney, I just uh, thank you so much. You are a, a, a representative of great courage and uh, intelligence and passion. And we are uh, deeply in your debt. We thank you for being with us. We're going to give you the last word uh, here on The Great America Show. Well, thank you so much, and I'm grateful to you for continuing to be so bold and so courageous and laying it on the line because we need you to educate the public and and to and encourage and inspire people to be bold to be positive about this look we have to we we are in harm's way but we've got we can't quit we've got to keep fighting uh and we've got to be patriots we've got to stand up for our country and our values and uh and we know that we have people like you that have our back especially makes me feel great knowing you and knowing that uh you have this great economic knowledge you know you're brilliant in all these issues and now you're fighting the fight uh, in the trenches, and that's where we need people. Not don't be, never be afraid to fight the fight. You know, trust in uh, people like Lou Dobbs who are digging up the truth and making sure we have the facts. And and that's what I do. That's why I explain every vote that I take in the House of Representatives in detail, so people know. You can go to uh, Claudia Tenney on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm also at tenney.house.gov. Uh, it's Claudia at Claudia for Congress. I put out a ton of information because I want people uh, who are going to be embrace self-governance to have the tools they need to make smart decisions about voting. And that's what we're doing every single day. And I'm just grateful to you and, and all that you do. And I love your show. I love it. It's just bold and it's, uh, it's refreshing. So thank you for everything.
Well, thank you, Congresswoman. We appreciate uh, your service to the country and all that you're doing. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Here tomorrow will be Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. Tom and Judicial Watch are confident that they'll succeed in getting the documents behind much of the Biden corruption and what the federal agencies are doing to thwart Americans' right to know what their government is doing. Please join us here tomorrow. Until then, God bless you, and God bless America.